Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Prepare to be blessed as pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau leads us into the anointed study of the Word of God, teaching and empowering you how to impact your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching you how to receive the blessings and provisions of God and how to walk through this life with Freedom Through Faith. And now, here's Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hello, everyone, everywhere. This is Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Glory to God. It is such a joy and a blessing to come to you wherever you are. You know, through the miracle of the Internet, God has created a way for not just me, but ministers everywhere who have a calling to preach this gospel to the world. We no longer have to take two and three month trips and visit one group of people at a time every couple of days and spend tens of thousands of dollars to come and hold revivals. We can minister to the masses through the miracle of the internet without leaving our home offices or home offices in our homes, uh, whatever the case may be, because the Word of God is that precious. We need to share it with every person that has ears to hear. You know, you can say, well, Brother Bob, this internet thing, you know, it's not really very popular in, you know, the Middle East and in Africa and all that. You are so wrong. One of the things they desire is their own computer or their own smartphone, not so they can call home, but so they can hear the Word of God. They're seeking ways to hear the Word. We have reports of of groups, 30, 50 at a time, gathering around a computer just to listen to the broadcast, not just my broadcast. We have 29 different broadcasters on Evangelism Radio. I've received emails from some of the pastors that I am familiar with over in the Middle East. I'm not going to mention their names to protect their identity. But they tell me that people are gathering together and they want me to do Skype calls for them so they can actually see me as I'm preaching. But the Word of God is what's accomplishing the will of God. Because we are living in the last days. That's very evident from everything going on. You know, here in America, 
immorality, I'm just going to say morality, but immorality has abounded. It's abounded to the point where now you can get arrested and thrown in jail for sharing the gospel on certain college campuses, in certain areas of certain towns. And that's in America. We have reports of people in Canada and England and France, pastors who have actually been sentenced to prison for preaching what the Bible has to say about homosexuality. We have come to the point in this world, it does not matter what country you are from. I mean, we have reports in the Middle East of ISIS killing in a horrific manner after torturing them in ungodly ways, unimaginable ways, where now two-thirds of the Christians in the Middle East, between two-thirds and three-quarters, are either dead or have fled for their life. That's the point we are at in this world right now. And in this nation... We have had seven years of a president that embraces Islam and does whatever he can to discredit Christianity. We have reached a point in the United States where God, technically, according to the scripture, could leave us to our own devices. But there are some godly people pastors and churches and others who are praying for revival in America. We're one of them. Amen. But they, do they really know what they're praying for? And we're going to go over that a little bit today. If you have your Bible, you can turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. A lot of churches, a lot of pastors, a lot of Christians are praying this prayer. But we're going to look at what it really means for the United States of America. Amen? But first, let's go to the Lord with a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before your throne this day that we may obtain mercy for ourselves, our families, and this nation, and the world, that we may obtain mercy and find your grace, Father, that will help us in our time of need. Father, we give you praise and honor and glory this morning that your word goes throughout all the earth through the miracle of the internet that you created for this use. Satan has corrupted it. He's corrupted the minds of men in corrupting the internet. But in the name of Jesus, we take it back. You said, Lord, that you would give to me the internet. I take it by faith. I possess it by faith. I use it 
by faith. And by faith I preach the word of the Most High God into all the earth. And by faith, Evangelism Radio reaches into the far corners of the earth with listeners that are locking themselves in their private homes, in their private rooms, in their private closets, and they are hearing the uncompromised truth of the Word of God. They're being set free no matter what their circumstances are. And in Jesus' name, they're getting born again into the kingdom of God. And it doesn't matter what nation on the earth they are part of, they are citizens of the kingdom of the Most High God would they receive Jesus as their Savior. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We're about to have revival right here. Praise God. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit, for that. The Holy Spirit has set the stage for what we're going to study today. Amen. Let's go one step further by faith right now and recite with me what's commonly referred to as the Apostles' Creed. We call it our statement, our foundation of faith. Amen. We're laying that solid foundation. Just repeat this after me. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. And the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits now at the right hand of God the Father Almighty from where he is coming soon to judge the living and to judge the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit I believe the church is the body of Christ. I believe in the communion of saints. I believe in the forgiveness of sins. I believe in the resurrection of the body. And I believe in life everlasting in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right. Have you found 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 yet? I want to tell you a story as we get started. During my research, I came across this, and it's really an inspiring story. In 1904, there was a young ministry student named Evan Roberts. And he began to feel that God was sending an urgent message that he was going to pour out a mighty spirit, a revival on Wales, which is now part of Great Britain. And Roberts began attending various revival meetings, seeking the Lord, seeking the move of his spirit. And during one, he was deeply moved by the Holy Spirit. And as he prayed at the altar, he cried out to God, Bend me, Lord, bend me! He had a complete and total surrender of his will to God's will. 
Now, Robert soon returned to his home church. He wanted to preach the message of revival, but his pastor was reluctant to allow him to speak. I've ran into that a few times. Amen. In a compromise, the pastor announced that Roberts will be speaking following the regular prayer meeting, and anyone who wished to stay were welcome. Well, out of the church, only 17 people stayed to hear even Robert speak. And most of them, the majority of them, were teenagers or very young adults. And even Robert spoke in that church for nearly two hours after the regular church service. And all he had was a simple four-point message that he was convinced could help God bring revival to his nation. One, confess all your known sin to God. Two, deal with and get rid of any doubtful area of your life. Talk about your spiritual life. Number three, be ready to obey the Holy Spirit instantly. In other words, as we pray, have ears to hear and a heart to perceive and a will to obey. And number four, confess Christ publicly. We have too many shadow Christians. We have too many closet Christians. To confess Christ publicly means to take your place. Regardless of what the cost, regardless of what man may say, you need to take your place. Take your stand. You've heard me say before, Jesus died publicly on that cross in a shameful crucifixion. We have no right, absolutely no right, to accept him privately by checking a little box and dropping it in the offering plate so that the only ones who know that we were sinners and we prayed that prayer will be the pastor and his associate. I don't want everyone in church to think that I was a sinner. Folks, get over yourself. Jesus died a humiliating death publicly for everybody to see. His resurrection was shown only to his followers initially. Amen? When he returns to take his followers out of the earth before total cataclysmic events abound, It will be a private showing also. But then, according to Revelations and according to all the scriptures, he will return publicly for everyone to see that he is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Amen? So do you want to accept him publicly? Or should you accept him privately and not let your neighbor know that you got born again. 
to be born again, a fresh life, a new beginning. Why would you want to keep that secret? You see, some of this uh, purpose-driven church movement, they take the cross out of churches, they darken the lights and make it into a big stage show, they preach smooth things, and they have you check the block on a card to accept Christ as your Savior. Because they don't want to embarrass anyone by having them come forward. And if you need prayer, go over to the corner where we have a curtained off area and our prayer people will will pray with you privately over there. I'm trying to think of even one instance in the Bible where Jesus told someone, come over here privately. There is one place where he took a blind man and led him away privately, it said, from the crowd. But the reason for that was not because the blind man was embarrassed to be seen by the crowd. Jesus took him aside privately because he was getting ready to leave. He'd been preaching all day. He was totally exhausted. And then this blind man comes up and says he wants to see. Jesus never, not one time, Jesus never refused to heal any person that came to him. There was some people that he came to that they did not receive their healings. But those that came to him, he healed 100%. And this instance, there was something going on in that crowd where they weren't receiving the way that you know, the Holy Spirit desire. And this man came to him, and Jesus knew if he healed this guy in front of this crowd, they weren't going to receive it as a miracle. But this man had faith. He came to Jesus by faith and asked to be healed. So Jesus took him aside from the crowd, spit on the dirt, put you know, prayed on his eyes and all that, and said, what do you see? He said, I see men walking as trees. Jesus prayed for him a second time. That doesn't mean the first time didn't work. It means the devil was trying to hold on to this man. And when Jesus prayed the second time, this man said, I can see everything clearly. You see, Jesus never fails to hear a prayer. Why would we want to accept him privately because we're too embarrassed to walk the aisle? You know, when someone's being, their heart is being prompted by the Holy Spirit, this preaching's for you. Listen to this pastor, this preaching's for you. And then the invitation's given. The Holy Spirit's already been working on the heart. Most people... 
if you will really interview them right after they get born again publicly, will tell you when they first started coming down the aisle, they didn't even know they were moving. They could have been in the middle seat of a, you know, back in the middle section of the church that's packed, and somehow, some way, before they even realized that they were in the aisle walking down towards the altar. And then everyone's looking at them. It's too late to stop and sit down. The whole the 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 Satan is telling them, "What are you doing? Hey, what are you doing? Look at everybody! Look at you, fool! They're, you've been going to this church for three years now, and here you are going down to accept an invitation. What are they gonna think?" And he's trying to talk them out of completing that walk. But they have to walk that walk by faith. Just like the Romans led Jesus through the streets of Jerusalem to the cross. Public humiliation for Jesus. But you are in a church full of believers They rejoice like the angels in heaven every time someone gets born again. You don't believe me? Think about these purpose-driven churches that have the little check-the-block salvation plan. And they announce on Sunday, last Sunday we had eight people receive Christ as Savior. People start clapping. Yay! Ha! They're happy people got born again. How much more rejoicing would there be if those eight people walked the aisle, prayed the prayer, received Jesus right there? I mean, it would prove to everyone else watching the word works every time. Instead of writing on the little card if you need prayer, and our prayer team will pray over it this week, if you you announce, if you need prayer, come down to the front. And you get cripples or blind people or those that have cancer, come down to the front. I have seen, and I've heard a whole lot more, where someone was diagnosed stage 4 cancer. These were unbelievers. The, uh, let me put it like this. They were Catholic. Not living as Catholics, if you know what I mean. They thought their faith was in being Catholic. Instead of being saved. Stage four, in the hospital, nothing they can do. My wife and I went and prayed for this lady, ministering the gospel to him. We weren't there more than 10 or 15 minutes. Three days later, she's released to go home. Cancer's in remission. Amen? What is wrong with doing that publicly? When Jesus died publicly, he did it for you as well as me. 
He did it for me as well as our next door neighbor. He did it for the entire world. John 3, 16. God gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe would receive the forgiveness of sins and everlasting life. So here in America, we are at the point right now, there is no purpose in the purpose-driven church. There is no rationale to worship silently, worship privately, seek God privately. Let your faith be known. Amen. Now, I kind of got off topic a little bit. Let's get back to our story. Glory to God. Remember Ian Robert or even Roberts. Pastor wouldn't let him preach in church, but he allowed him to have a, another meeting, to, you know, right after church. 17 young people stayed there. He preached for two hours. Confess all known sin to God. Deal with and get rid of any doubtful area in your life. Be ready to obey the Holy Spirit instantly. And number four, confess Christ publicly. That's what we just harped on. When Roberts was finished speaking, all, every single one of the 17 young people ran to the altar on their knees, cried out to God. So that's what preaching the word will do. They continued praying until 2 a.m., 2 o'clock in the morning. And that was the beginning of one of the greatest moves of God recorded in all of history. By the end of that week, because of sharing the gospel, those 17 people, 60 people were won to Christ. And over the next 18 months, revival hit the nation of Wales where over 1 million people were led to saving faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Glory to God. The revival was so great that the entire culture of the nation changed drastically. Economic problems abounded. What, Brother Bob, if there is a sweep of God, why would there be economic problems? There is a whole rage of bankruptcies that took place after all these people got born again. Well, Brother Bob, that's not good. Oh, yeah. All the taverns and liquor stores went out of business. They didn't have any clients anymore. Glory to God. Work at the coal mines that was recorded came to a standstill. Why? Were they protesting? No. The mules who pulled the wagons were so accustomed to reacting to and hearing the foul language of the workers that after the men got saved, the mules didn't recognize their voices or commands because they had stopped cussing so much. Amen. The entire police force in the nation was dismissed and laid off for 18 months because there was no crime. Hello, Chicago. Are you hearing what I'm saying out there? 
Oh, how different our cities are today. You have just heard a message of encouragement from anointed pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau with Freedom Through Faith Ministries in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information on the Freedom Through Faith Ministries or to invite Pastor Thibodeau to your church, please visit our website, www.ftfm.org. That's FTFM for Freedom Through Faith Ministries. Again, that's ftfm.org. Until next time, when we gather together around the Word of God, be blessed. And remember, we serve an awesome God. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.